0: welcome to the flex your rights podcast i'm your host Corey Hanrahan. this is the podcast for informing employees of their rights in california so if you want to know your rights so that you can flex them at work this is your show let's get flexing welcome back to the flex your rights podcast I want to talk about a big issue in the workplace today, and an issue that's been in the forefront of the news rather frequently, and rightfully so. It's the issue of sexual harassment in the workplace. Sexual harassment at work can cause severe emotional distress, anxiety, depression, and other mental health problems for victims. It can also negatively impact job performance and productivity and lead to decreased morale, increased tension and conflict and really just a general breakdown of communication in the workplace. Unfortunately, victims oftentimes feel no choice but to leave their employment, resulting in employers losing good employees and employees being out of a job. Fortunately, sexual harassment in the workplace is illegal under both California and federal law. Employers who fail to address and prevent sexual harassment can oftentimes face significant legal and financial consequences, But in order to hold employers accountable for sexual harassment, employees need to be able to recognize and properly respond to sexual harassment. Believe it or not, a lot of people still don't understand exactly under the law what sexual harassment is. So let's talk about it and educate everyone on what sexual harassment is. And then let's talk about how to address it. So recognizing sexual harassment may seem easy, but it can sometimes be difficult since it can take many forms and be either subtle or overt. A lot of times, it can be helpful to speak with an experienced sexual harassment attorney to discuss workplace situations to determine if what's happening is sexual harassment. But with that being said, I want to talk about the two main types of sexual harassment in the workplace. There's hostile work environment harassment and then there's quid pro quo harassment. So what's the difference between those two types of harassment? I'm glad you asked. The first is hostile work environment sexual harassment. In my experience, this is the most common type of workplace sexual harassment. This occurs when a person is subjected to unwelcomed sexual conduct, like comments, gestures, physical contact, or anything else like that that creates a hostile or offensive work environment. Now, importantly, this type of sexual harassment can come from any employee. The perpetrator does not have to be a supervisor or someone in a position of power. It can be a coworker or even someone subordinate to you. But there is a difference between the employer's legal liability for sexual harassment based on the status of the harasser. The second type of sexual harassment is quid pro quo sexual harassment. This type of workplace sexual harassment occurs when a person in a position of power or authority, like a supervisor, demands sexual favors in exchange for job opportunities or benefits. So this could be like a supervisor promising a promotion or pay raise in exchange for sexual acts or sexual favors. This type of sexual harassment is based on the victim's submission to the demands or the refusal to comply with them. So what do these things actually look like in the workplace? In other words, what should you be looking for as sort of a telltale sign of sexual harassment? Some common signs that may indicate sexual harassment is occurring include unwanted sexual attention. This may include unwanted physical contact, like touching or hugging, or unwanted sexual advances, such as asking for a date. This can even include staring at or leering or looking at a person's body up and down. Also, offensive comments or gestures. So this might include comments or gestures that are sexually explicit or offensive. It can even include jokes, comments about a person's body appearance, or sexually suggestive gestures. There are also displays of sexually suggestive material. This might include displaying or sharing pornographic images, sending sexually explicit emails or text messages, or again, sharing inappropriate jokes or stories of a sexual nature in the workplace. Finally, sexual harassment may present as pressure to engage in sexual activities. This might include pressure to engage in sexual activities in exchange for job opportunities or benefits, or threats of retaliation if the person refuses. So now let's focus on the difference in the employer's liability for hostile work environment sexual harassment based on the status of the harasser as either a supervisor or non-supervisor. So here's the big difference. An employer is strictly liable... For sexual harassment by a supervisor. So that means that they are automatically liable based on the harasser being the victim's supervisor. If the harasser is a non supervisory employee, then the employer is only liable if they knew or should have known about the harassment and failed to take steps to adequately address it. So that's really a two part test, right? Basically, there's a knowledge component and then there's the response component. And this is a good opportunity now to segue into a discussion about how to address or handle sexual harassment at work. And these two really go hand in hand because if you're being sexually harassed by a coworker and never report it to the employer until it gets really bad, the employer is probably not liable for the harassment because you likely can't establish that they knew or should have known that it was happening. So, foregoing reporting the harassment to the employer can result in them not being liable for harassment by a non supervisory employee, and rightfully so, since they can't stop something that they don't know is happening. So, let's talk then about how to handle sexual harassment if you find yourself being subjected to it in the workplace. You know, I wanna go one step further. I wanna see if you find yourself being a victim of sexual harassment, because really that's what it is. If you're being sexually harassed, you are a victim. I know that some people feel ashamed of being harassed, like they must have done something wrong or that there's a stigma to being harassed, like somehow it's your fault. But I'm here to tell you that if you are being harassed, you are a victim and you have rights that are being violated and you need to be your own best advocate and report it. Okay, so back on topic, so what do you do then? Well, you've got several options on how to report it to the company. First, you could report the harassment to your supervisor or to your company's human resources department. Most companies have policies and procedures in place for reporting and addressing sexual harassment. So you might wanna check your company's employee handbook or policies to understand the reporting process and who to contact. And again, I cannot stress this enough, This is extremely important if the harasser is not a supervisory employee, because again, the law only holds the employer responsible for sexual harassment by non-supervisory employees if the company knew or should have known that the harassment was taking place and then failed to take immediate and appropriate corrective action. So by reporting the very first instance of sexual harassment, the very first one, you put your company on notice And then the law requires them to take action in response. And if they don't, or if the sexual harassment continues after you report it, well, then you're probably going to see your employer in court because you probably have a claim for sexual harassment against the individual and against the employer for failing to stop it. And if you're worried about being retaliated against for reporting the harassment That is also illegal under California law. So you have protections for that. So you have the right to file a complaint and make a report to your company about sexual harassment without fear of being retaliated against. And that is important because once you remove that fear of retaliation and you provide employees with that protection, they feel emboldened to be able to come forward and enforce their rights in the workplace. In addition to reporting the harassment, it is also important to document the harassment. Just keep a written diary, notes on your phone, a notepad with the incidents, send yourself an email, anything like that to memorialize and notate the incidents of sexual harassment, including, if you can, the date the time that it happened, where it happened, what was said or done, and the names of any other people who were present that may be witnesses to the harassment. This documentation can be helpful if you decide to file a formal complaint against your employer because page one of the employer's handbook is deny it happened. So you have to prove that it happened and these types of documentation can be helpful in being able to establish that and it's going to help you recall who was present, and who may have overheard it so that your lawyer has someone to talk to and receive a statement from to confirm that the harassment took place. Another thing that you should do is seek support. Sexual harassment can be emotionally and mentally challenging. Consider seeking support from friends, family, or a mental health professional so that you can make sure that you are taken care of as you work through the process of being a victim of sexual harassment. You could also file a complaint with the California Civil Rights Department, which was formerly known as the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. So if your company does not address your complaint or if the harassment continues, you can file a complaint with the California Civil Rights Department and they may investigate it on your behalf. But... Another effective option is to consider taking legal action. In most cases, you bring the lawsuit against the harasser and the employer, and I have seen firsthand that a lawsuit enforcing your rights is sometimes the surest way to get the company's attention and get them to take action and pay attention to what's going on. So that's really the short rundown to help you spot sexual harassment and let you know what options you have to report it. Now, obviously, these issues are far more complicated than this short summary in this episode and almost always require an analysis from an experienced sexual harassment attorney. So if you find yourself in a sexual harassment situation at work, you now know your rights so that you can flex them to make sure that you are enforcing them. I also have a free sexual harassment ebook available on my website, hanrahanfirm.com. You can also get there by going to attorneycorey.com, C O R E Y. The ebook covers an overview of workplace sexual harassment, the types of sexual harassment, how to recognize sexual harassment, how to respond to sexual harassment, and some education and prevention tips. So if you want more information or just a handy ebook to be able to have saved on your phone to consult whenever you need to, head on over to my site and grab a copy. It's absolutely free and I hope it helps you out. With that, I appreciate you listening to this episode on sexual harassment. Please check back in the future for new episodes that cover more issues in the workplace that you may find helpful so that you can spot illegal conduct at work and flex your rights. Thank you for listening to Flex Your Rights Podcast the podcast to educate California employees so that they can flex their rights in the workplace. If you'd like to reach out to me to ask me any questions about today's episode or make a suggestion for a future episode, you can find me at attorneycorey.com. That's attorneycory c o r e dot com.